what is going on? Welcome to the Vines Podcast. I am your host, Nick Kirby, joined as always by my pal, Will Matthews, the Reverend at Did Liberty Win. How's it going, Will? I'm good. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing well. It is officially basketball season, so I'm, I'm really well. Uh, this, is a, this is a football episode, right? No, no, no. wrong place. I mean, no, 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 no. It's it's basketball season. It's basketball season. I swear. Oh, okay, okay. I thought this was our celebration video. Okay, we're very excited. Great, great bowl win uh, last night for for Liberty. Uh, now it's all hoops. Uh, I'm so excited to have uh, Zach McLearen uh, joining us. He works over at uh, a Sea of Red. Uh, been wanting to have Zach on for a while and kind of get his take on uh, on the team and 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 what's going on with Liberty Hoops. Zach, welcome to the Vines Palmcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's, I, I love this podcast, and I've been wanting to come on for a while, too, so it's a pleasure to join y'all. Awesome, for sure. Uh, Zach, tell us a little bit about what you do over at uh, ASEA Red. Yeah, so I do a lot of the social media stuff. So John does a lot of, like, pretty much all the live, like, Twitter updates you see, but, like, anything, like, graphic-related, Twitter and Instagram and I do a lot of that, and I also write a couple articles, too. So, like, for basketball, I've been doing the player of the week. I did a game recap of Stephen F. Austin last week. And uh, for football, I do a couple things, too. So I write a little bit, do a lot of the social media. Uh, social media is the main thing, but I write a little bit, too. But, yeah, just love covering Liberty Athletics. Zach, how close are you with John and Chad over there at a sea of red? So I met John my freshman year. He – um, I had an account called Flame Zone, and he kind of took notice of that and then contacted me. We met up, and I joined the team um, basketball season freshman year. I didn't meet Chad, actually, till the a Sea of Red tailgate um, this fall against Middle Tennessee. But um, So I've met Chad a couple of times. I met John a few more times, but they're really nice guys, and I enjoy working with them. So, so you don't have you. any – pull to get us favorable matches in the Liberty Twitter bracket this year. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> probably not, but Chad's probably the guy to go to for that, but he's the head man for that. But I'm looking forward to that too. I don't have to go up against the co coach's line. daughter in the second yeah. round this year. Like, <laughs> Come on, man. I didn't even hey, vote for myself. <laughs> yeah. I had coach freeze in the second round. I was oh. like, yeah, that, that ain't happening. <laughs> Tough draw. Zach, are you an alumni? Are you still in school? So this is my senior year. It's my third year here. Um, I'm trying to graduate early to save money, even though I'd love to stay another year. And uh, sports management major, so I've always been big into sports. And, yeah, just trying to finish out the last semester strong. Well, someone took like seven years to graduate. That's a very uh, good idea uh, for your uh, your long-term future. Uh, <laughs> Congrats on, uh, on on the senior year, man. That's awesome. Uh, uh, how's uh, how's everything on campus going these days? It's pretty good. Um, it's nice to get everything back to normal this year. Last year was like with COVID and everything, it was a lot different with um, having to wear masks everywhere and like just hardly any seating in any of the food places. But this year it's a lot been a lot similar. I thought it was kind of going to be like last year, the first couple of weeks with the lockdown, but thankfully that passed and it's going good. Everything seems to be back to normal. There's a lot of more students this year. I think it was the largest incoming class um, for freshmen ever. You can kind of notice that, but it's really, it's been a good year. That's awesome. How many of the, the games have you been to the home games? 
So, unfortunately, I couldn't go to the first one because I had to work, but I went to the Delaware State one, the Maryland Eastern Shore, and I think those two are it, and the Missouri, obviously, Missouri game. That was that was fun. So, I've been to all of the home games, but um, Carver and Regent. I watched the Carver game on TV, but I had my white glove <laughs> meeting during that time. I mean, I can't believe you didn't, you know, pull all your strings to get down to to see the the legendary Carver yeah. Bible College play in person. Uh, and uh, speaking oh, of no. Carver, are we going to have to play them again? Um, is that a possibility? Uh, they play everyone, dude. I, every oh, time yeah. I pull up the college basketball scores, they're playing someone. <laughs> like, do they just like take a hundred bucks to take an L like every other night? Like, Evidently. it's insane. Their women's team too. Their women's team lost to like Georgia Southern a hundred to forty or something like that. It was crazy. I, I guess they just like preparing for their conference play by playing like D one teams. I don't know, but I, I tried. Yeah, they so when when I was doing the the graphic for this, I was trying to look them up. Like there's like not a lot of information. I, I don't know if you guys heard. There was a story up here of a. Uh, a fake high school football team in Ohio. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. is this is this like the same yeah. concept? <laughs> like, are we gonna find that? Yeah, this game's against Carver. Don't count. Like, that's not a real yeah. school. <laughs> well, I, I did look up their school, and they, it said they have an enrollment of like sixty. So I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I don't know. Is it all in the men's and women's team? Like, just yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, I'm pretty sure it was Wikipedia. So I don't know how arrived. <laughs> a source that but <laughs> still couldn't find like anything like on their actual record i had to like go back to the broadcast of the game to see what it said on there and i just went off of whatever that said i couldn't even find like a, a schedule and results page for them so anyways last question for you zach before we kind of jump into all the happenings of, of liberty it's been a little while since since we've uh recorded um What's the atmosphere like at Liberty Arena? You know, as someone who's, who's jealous who hasn't been there yet, what what? How do you feel the atmosphere is? How it compares to, I guess, the the Vine Center because really last year probably doesn't really count. What what's the atmosphere like? Oh man, it it's definitely great. Um, I I said it on Twitter once before, and I think that'll stay. Like the best atmosphere I've ever been to is the Sun Championship in 2020. Um against Lipscomb and I don't think that's going to be touched but the Missouri game was definitely the second best atmosphere I've been to um I think that was kind of like the plan like for Liberty was to get a packed house every night and that was kind of like seen against Missouri like I mean you had the student line you had to enter the Vine Center to get into Liberty Arena as a student and it was just the line was wrapped all the way around the Vine Center concourse and it was it was packed everyone had a towel they were Everyone was on their feet the whole game, which anyone that's been to a Liberty game knows that that's not like the norm. So it was cool to see um, Delaware State. I mean, I, I can't say I was surprised, but that that game, I mean, it was a Tuesday night. They're probably one of the worst D1s out there. I think I was looking at their schedule before the game. And they lost to a team that wasn't even a Division One school, so. There wasn't too many people there for that, but there was still like a pretty good crowd in like Maryland Eastern Shore, like the students were gone. There was a good game. Like I think some people after the football game went there, but it's a it's a nice arena. Like I, I actually had the privilege of like working like at games last year. Um, I interned with Van Wagner uh, a little bit and I got to go to the games last year in the COVID year. 
when there was like no one in there. So it's like really nice to see like fans in there. But yeah, it's a the light show was amazing, um, especially pregame. Like when you see like all the like the flame effects on the floor like that, that's sick. So yeah, it's been great. Um, I don't know if it's going to touch the 2020 championship. Um, maybe if we host a championship this year, maybe, but uh, it's definitely, it's electric. It's, it's nice. Yeah. The light shows like got like an NBA feel to it. It's really, really cool from, from what oh, I've yeah. seen from, from the socials. But yeah, I uh, definitely would be interested to see how it would feel in, in like a conference championship game, because, you know, like the vines are, you could pack it out, but you know, if there's only 4,000, 4,000 ish, right. This is what it, what it holds. You're going to yeah. have people, they're going to be more invested in the game. Everyone there is going to be more invested than the 10,000 where you have, you know, a couple thousand people that are just there just to, you know, be be there, have no idea what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I think yeah. it would be exciting. Hopefully, I mean, I would imagine I would be shocked if we don't host one A-Sun tournament game. Yeah. Uh, things would have to go really, really bad for that uh, uh, to happen. But, but yeah, I hope it, uh, hope it happens this year. All right, let's get into some of the talk. We've kind of briefly touched on some of these games, but I want to go through. We try to cover every game. Uh, we haven't done a show since right after the Missouri game. To be honest, uh, as much as we wanted to talk about Delaware State and Carver, there really just wasn't a whole to talk about. Didn't feel like a whole show worthy. And then the Stephen F. Uh, Stephen F. Austin game, eh, that also didn't really feel like doing a show after. So we did it after a win. Uh, but let's talk about some of these uh Liberty knocked off Delaware State 9660. Uh that was the the first game. Uh like Zach said, Delaware State they're like 346th in Ken Palm. They are uh one of the worst teams in the country, but it was really nice to see Liberty just completely take care of business of this game. You know, they're a bad team. Liberty played them like they were a bad team. They they just, you know, from start to finish uh dominated them. Uh, held Delaware State to 24.3% from two-point uh, percentage. I think that might have been the best in the Ken Palm era, if I remember. Um, Liberty's offensive efficiency rating was the Flames' highest ever in the Ken Palm era. That basically measures your uh, um, your shots based on how many possessions and your percentage. So it was just a really, obviously, great night. You guys got any thoughts about this game? I mean, one step up from Carver, I guess. I mean, at least it's a D1 win. Um I didn't. I didn't get to watch all of this game. I can't remember what was going on. I only got to see little bits and pieces. I, I did see like where Brody scored like those five baskets in a row or something like that, and he just looked good. Yeah, I, I think they're they're. Yeah, I mean, I think they're a bit up from Carver. Um, yeah, <laughs> they, one, they, one they're step. at least at least recruiting D one players. But uh, yeah, but Zach, what do you have uh, on the on this one? I mean, we were just lights out that game. Like you said, we kind of played them like the team we were. Sometimes we have the tendency to play down to an opponent, but not this game. I mean, I think they broke they broke a program record for three pointers in the game with like twenty one or twenty two. It was it was lights out, Brody. Like I think he kind of like showed us a glimpse of like the player he could be like for us like the next few years. Like he kind of went off that first half, was hitting everything. Keegan continued his hot streak that game, and then um, I mean. Everyone was hitting that night. Like, uh, it was just one of those nights where everything that we threw up seemed to be going in. So, it was a good that? night to watch as a fan. How about that stat line from a B right there? Like seeing that. Yeah, yeah he's a guy I definitely want to talk about a little bit more on on, 
on the show, but that was this was probably his first game where he really uh, showed some signs that he could maybe be a a, a real rotation player for this team. Um, but yeah, Delaware State they they still actually do not have a Division One win this year. Their wins are over uh, Karen, who I'm sure will probably play at some point in Regent. Um, they just lost to North Carolina Central by 23 points on a neutral court. And uh, so, yeah, uh, tough season for uh, for Delaware State. But, uh, yeah, nice to see Liberty just completely, um, you know, running up the score is important. I don't really love it, but that's it's part of basketball today. You've got to run up the score against these bad teams if you want to get a better seed in the NCAA tournament. So I see them take care of business. No problem, the next man. game was Stephen F. Austin. Yeah. This was a tough one. Will, you got any thoughts on this one? Uh, man, just kind of thought, you know, when you looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, that they didn't, that game to me didn't really stick out too much, you know. Uh, but then get a little closer and you're like, man, that's going to be a good game right there. And uh, a tough, tough game on the road. They're a good team, um, which kind of pulled it out. But it was kind of one of those games like we just, I don't know, looked sloppy at times and just uh, could not get a shot to fall uh, in that game. And that's that's kind of one of those games you're going to look back at the end of the year like, man, that if we could have stole that one away from them, that would look really good on our resume. Yeah, and I, I know, Zach, you were watching a little bit of it last night. Stephen F. Austin actually uh, took Kansas right down to the wire at Fog Allen. And they, they lost by eight, but – they had a lead with like eight minutes left in the game. Uh, so I think Stephen F. Austin, I mean, I think they're a quality team. Uh, Stephen F. Austin does have a win over Buffalo, who right now is 79th in Ken Palm. Um, so they're, they're a quality team. It was, you know, it was disappointing to see. I don't think the loss was necessarily as disappointing as it was to see them like, you know, really not even get close a 12-point loss to a team that's kind of probably similar, you know, and in, in probably – how good the two teams are overall. Uh, Zach, you have any other thoughts on, on that game? Delaware state was a game where we couldn't miss. And this was kind of like the polar opposite of that. It just seemed like everything we were shooting, we were couldn't buy a bucket. Um, I think we were eight for 36 from three in this game. So shot a lot of threes. Didn't make a lot. Um, I mean, both game, both teams were shooting bad in the first half. Both were, if I remember correctly, shooting 30-something percent in the first half. Um, game did not have a lot of flow, even though it was on flow sports. So, um, second half, Zing. Boston kind of picked it up. And then their big man, I can't remember his name, but he kind of dominated in the paint, got some buckets. Also, the thing about that game was Stephen F. Austin didn't shoot a lot from the line, but they got to, to the line a lot and got, I think, 15 more points on the free throw line than we did. So, I mean, that right there, they kind of wanted the free throw line, one double digits, and it's a tough yeah. loss. <laughs> 24 attempts for Stephen F. Austin, six for, uh, for Liberty in that game. Um, yeah, yeah. That was a story. Yeah. Yeah, Liberty right now is 297th in the country in uh, free throws per game at 14.8. So, I, I know that Liberty style – we're never going to be super high in that. It would be a little bit. I think it'd be nice to get up at least a little higher than around 300. Uh, Cause we have a lot of Liberty has a lot of really good free throw shooters. Um, McGee, Peebles, uh, 
Keegan, um, Road. I mean, these guys should all be, you know, quality free throw shooters if, if you're able to get to the line and, and seal some points there. But yeah, this was a this was a stinker. And man, flow hoops is just the absolute worst. Whenever that dissolves, that'll be the greatest day. It ever. did seem a little bit better in this game than it did when uh, was that a tournament that we, we played on flow hoops last year? From was that the Bahamas tournament? Where it was, it was like two years hotel? two years ago. Two yeah. Years ago? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was unbearable. This was the broadcast was actually really good. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, the, the broadcast itself was good. It's just the whole concept. Thirty bucks a month for uh, yeah something oh, yeah, that has ridiculous. something yeah. that has. I didn't pay for it. I found a bootleg stream, but you know something that has like a handful <laughs> of games. Like it doesn't have big games on it. ESPN Plus, which has fifty times the catalog, is five bucks a month. So I don't know these whole tournaments. I I really don't like these tournaments at all i get why teams are doing it uh but these like there was like what like 800 people at this game it was a neutral floor game uh in texas uh in an empty stadium as part of the hall of fame i think tip off or whatever there's no one there it's on a channel no one yeah. gets it's just uh, it would be so great to have liberty and Stephen f austin play a home and home like that would be mm-hmm. so fun like you know um, so I, yeah, I get off my soapbox on that, but I, I hate these tournaments. I hate flow hoops. Yeah. Gross. Any other thoughts on this one? No, I, I'm with you. I think a, a home and home instead of a tournament atmosphere would be benefit. I feel like a home and home would be beneficial to both programs. I mean, especially for Liberty. I mean, we can't get anybody right now. We have to get Carver maybe twice a year. So I won't talk about it too long, but, um, I like a home and home. I'm just so surprised we can't get like a, a VCU Richmond Longwood to for a home and home each year. I mean, we have so many quality mid majors just in Virginia, but I mean, I guess they just don't want to play us or we don't want to play them one or the other two. But yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think home and homes are really benefit mid majors as opposed to these, these neutral site games that no one really goes to. Yeah, I'm just, I'm honestly curious, you know, I don't know if maybe it's a, you know, a pride thing since, I mean, Liberty is probably close to like VCU's level at this point, right? Like, yeah, maybe, maybe a tad behind, but I don't think they're like so, so far above us. I don't know, honestly, even like a three for two series with them, like something like that. Yeah. Like when you play VCU on the road, if you lose to them with like the net system, it's no big deal. Like, it's like, okay, that's great. That's a lot better than losing a neutral site game to Stephen F. Austin because that, that lowers your uh, quad system uh, quite a bit. Road losses aren't, aren't bad against teams that are uh, in the top half of college basketball. They're not going to ever really impact, impact Liberty. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'd be interested to find a little bit more about that. Try to, you know, maybe beef up the schedule a little bit. Um, not even to beef up the schedule. I think the schedule's pretty fine, other than maybe a little bit too many of these these carvers. But uh, you know, maybe find a way to get more more games. Either honestly, I'd rather play these games at Stephen F. Austin. At least have some sort of atmosphere. The Carver Bible College, zero and sixteen at the time. They're probably zero and twenty five at this point. Uh, this was just, this was stupid. I mean, I, I, like I was watching it and just like, this is, what is the point of this? But 95, 36, you know, I mean, I guess everyone was feeling good at the end of this. That's, that's about all I got to say. Any, 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 uh, incredible thoughts, fellas on Carver? No, not really. I mean, you even 
It's to, to me, it's amazing that the team even can get up to play these games like this. And, you know, when you know you're going to win 95 to 36, I mean, I, I don't know. It can't be all that exciting. So, but you're, but it's good to see them, you know, play well in those games because it, that's the kind of game it, it can get sloppy and, you know, yeah. be a mess. Yeah. I always worried about, you know, bad habits in these kind of kind of games so yeah i mean i feel like they played a uh, a clean game i feel like that's a, that's a good point well yeah. zach any any thoughts on carver yeah i mean like you guys are saying it's one of those games with like no reward but a lot of risk like you know you're gonna win this this big this big i, I would say the only thing like significant that happened this game was darius mcgee broke the all-time three-point record for Liberty men's basketball, so that was kind of cool to see. They're on the home floor, like it was against Carver, but it was cool to see it doing in front of in Lynchburg. Um, but yeah, just one of those games where it's like it's like not a buy, but almost a buy at the same time, and not not too many thoughts. <laughs> Budget saving win. All right, next. Yeah. Uh, this was a good one. This was a fun game. This was one that um, I think really left probably all of us with a, a really good feeling at the end of it. Uh, yeah. 10 point win over East Carolina. I think Liberty was a two point favorite in this game. So um, a really strong performance. Uh, Darius McGee, 27 points for assists. Shiloh Robinson was just a beast. 14 points and nine rebounds was, was everywhere. Kyle road was three for three uh, from three, five assists. I thought he played by far his best game of the year. Um, hit the open shots, but wasn't trying to do too much. Um, a really, really nice game from, from, from Kyle road. And then the one, one last observation that I had before I kick it to you guys on this, uh, I don't think Brody really scored in this game, but it was very, very noticeable on the TV broadcast, um, that Brody was playing just incredibly hard on the defensive end. Um, obviously he's not the most gifted, you know, defensive player, uh, but, with Liberty system, if you can find guys to just play really hard, uh, that can really, really, I think, carry a lot of weight. I just, I, I, it's, it stuck out so much to me in this game. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on, uh, on this one? Uh, this is the one game I kind of had circled on the schedule that I was really vested in, uh, just because I'm from, or I was born in Greenville where East Carolina is. And, a lot of family went to school there, and I've been to two basketball games where Liberty has played at East Carolina, and it's right down the road from us, and just know a lot of folks who are fans. So just for personal reasons, just kind of excited to watch this one. I didn't realize before I made some kind of asinine bet that if Liberty lost, I would get a tattoo that East Carolina was as good as they are. I'm just kind of going through their schedule. I mean, they played Oklahoma very close. To the wire, um, yeah. Lost by five. Um, just whooped Old Dominion uh, the very next night. Uh, played Davidson pretty close. And then some some decent wins over some pretty good, um, you know, mid-major teams. North Carolina A&T is a decent team. Yeah, I didn't realize that um, I was dangerously close to hurting myself with that one. So, yeah, just a uh, good effort all around. Shallow uh, showed just what he can do. And, you know, uh, 
kind of uh, – I believe this was the first game after finals. And so, you know, you kind of think like they get a little break or they're going to come out rusty. They came out like a well-oiled machine. So, it looked good. Yeah, and they struggled out of the gates too, you know, for this for, for a little while. And just the second half was just a uh, a near flawless performance, you know, I thought. Zach, what was your thoughts on this one? I mean, it was a great game. I mean, you know, after that Stephen F. Austin loss, we had Carver in between, but like we kind of talked about, that was like basically a bye game. So I was kind of like looking forward to seeing how they do against another quality opponent. I mean, ECU's AAC, power six, as they say. So I knew it was going to be tough. Like you said, they have great wins on their schedule. Played Oklahoma close. And um, I was getting – I liked how resilient the team looked because – Starting off the game, they didn't hit a lot of shots like the first half. The first half of the first half, they they didn't look too great offensively. But then at the end of the second half, they kind of pulled back in it. Um, like you said, the second half was great. And that stat line you showed like kind of speaks to what I really like to see in the game was that we had like players in double digit in scoring besides Darius McGee. Because Darius is going to do his thing. He's going to be up near 20 each game. And but Kyle Road and Shiloh both were in double digits. Shiloh was one rebound away from a double-double. He played his butt off. Um, and then, as normal, the defense looked great. Like you said, Brody looked really strong. Like, everyone was out there giving their effort. Ben Zant was doing his thing as usual. Um, I thought I thought we looked really great. And I think that's, like, the type of game that can kind of, like, give you the confidence um, and kind of change, like, the direction of things are going. I think that's a really great win heading into Diamond Head with when we're going to play some really good teams. Yeah, and that was that actually is, is Liberty's only win that's not a quad four. So that's the only win quad three or better. Missouri's a quad four, as awful as that is. Yeah. That's how, how bad they are this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, a nice win. I, mean, I think East Carolina probably, you know, if they were in the A Sun, would probably be like you know one of the teams that that liberty would be competing against for uh like the regular season title you know i think they're probably like similar like a jacksonville state um or maybe um uh, florida gulf coast is looking really really good um right now but i mean i think that that's about the quality you know liberty went on a neutral floor beat by 10 points um and yeah that was a a really nice win and like like you said Zach really nice win going into um, into the diamond head to kind of give the guys some confidence. This is a big, big tournament for Liberty. Um, and we'll talk about that here in a second. Any other thoughts on this game, fellas? Just impressed this, as you guys already said, the second half, the defense just looked really tight. It's really good. I love the energy on the bench too, when there didn't seem to be a whole lot of energy in the stands. Yeah. And East Carolina is a really yeah. good three, three well, point shooting team as well. So you have to be, you know, really disciplined because uh, they're a team that, you know, they're, they're 40th in the, the country in three point percentage. So uh, if you don't play tight defense, I mean, they could really burn you. My, my last thoughts is just, I mean, like I said, I think Darius is going to do his thing. He's going to be close to 20 pretty much every game, but I, I think it's going to be a tough for a lot of teams to beat us. If we have two to three scores and double digits, especially three. Um, so that was nice to see Shallow and Kyle Road like get going because we're a really good team if they're scoring double digits. When Darius doesn't have to to force the issue, um, 
he can be a yeah. lot more efficient, which is something I want to kind of touch on a little bit here later on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, when, when everyone's chipping in, you know, that that's Liberty at its best. That was, you know, that the 2019, 20, the team, you know, that was, that was a team. I mean, you never had any, you know, Holmesley was the best player, but you never had any idea who was going to lead the team in scoring that night. You never had a clue. I mean, it could have been any of five, six guys. Oh. It could have been Mayo Baxter Bell, you know, on a, on a night who wasn't even starting. And so that's Liberty at its best. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Zach. All right, so here's kind of where Liberty stands at at the moment. Liberty is 127 in uh, the net, just behind Jacksonville uh, for the top of the ace. I think Jacksonville might be a little inflated. Uh, they're 224 in Ken Palm, so I kind of look at that. And I know, I know the net rankings early in the year, I think they kind of – they tell you, you can take it with a grain of salt before you start getting into like late January. Um, Liberty is top in Ken Palm by a decent margin at 121. Jacksonville State, not to be confused with Jacksonville, is 144, their second. Um, and then, like I said, you know, that that East Carolina, that is the the uh, only win better than quad four at one one. I'm trying to remember what, what we said. Obviously, we've had to readjust our expectations quite a bit. Yeah. I think uh, I think I think I said they lose six games this year. I <laughs> think you said five. Is that right? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it wasn't less than that. Um, so yeah, obviously, I mean Liberty at four losses right now. I, I don't think they're going to get to the the end with six or less. Um, no. But I mean, I think this team. I don't know. I think this team maybe get to the end at eight, eight or nine losses. I don't know. Where, what are you thinking? Well, I think this weekend is going to be a big weekend for that uh playing playing a good team in northern iowa and potentially you know some other teams so yeah we didn't uh not exactly where we thought we would be at this point um manhattan really threw a wrench into some of that and iona so but um you know, going in, I know we're going to talk about the diamond head here in a little bit. And it, and it doesn't really even feel to me like a make or break type weekend um, because at the end of the day, we still have to win the tournament to get in. So, yeah, Zach, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on, you know, seven and four, you know, based on kind of the expectations, you know, based on the future? What's your kind of thoughts about where, where they're at now before we talk about the diamond head? I think in hindsight, it's probably pretty fair because when you look at our losses, like they done pretty well. Um, Stephen and Boston, like we talked about earlier, I mean, they play right up there with Kansas and then Iona beat Alabama, who I believe is a top 10 team. So in LSU, I don't even think they've lost yet. So our, our losses aren't bad losses. Um, Iona game is one I'd really love to have back. I know that was a while ago, so I won't harp on it, but there are just a lot of missed, open buckets and then we were like five for 16 from the free throw line so that would have been a huge win um there's a couple games in there and then Manhattan we should have won that game but that that was just a game where we caught them on a hot shooting night and that's gonna happen um we've taken care of the teams we should be which is a good sign I think and then the teams we've lost to weren't that bad I kind of agree with you I think eight or nine losses is fair I'd probably say nine as of now um and then Jacksonville um I think, like you said, it might be a little inflated, but I was looking them up, and they're actually number three in the nation in scoring defense right now. And they played a couple power fives, too, and they, I think they held one in, like, the 50s or 60s. They only 
they're only giving up 54 points a game right now. So, which is impressive because I'm pretty sure I remember hearing they lost like virtually all of their team over the off season. But I mean, that, I mean, the more competition, the better, I guess, for the, for the net rankings and Kim Palm. So lost their coach. Uh, they Jacksonville right now, the reason they're yeah. so high is because of the margin. Uh, like they only lost to Minnesota by 11. They lost to UCF by nine. They lost to Georgia by 11. So it's the margin mm-hmm. that's, that's done it for them. Um, their best win in terms of Ken Palm is North Carolina A and T at two fifty nine. So I don't know. I'm interested to see, you know, can they actually, they play Pitt actually um, on Tuesday at, at Pitt. Yeah. Pitt's not very good. If, if you follow the ACC at mm-hmm. all, um, they're 186 right now in Ken Palm. Oh, yeah. So interested to see how they play in that one. If they can knock off Pitt, okay, yeah. Or, or if they can even play Pitt really close, all right, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll buy in a little bit to to, to the Jacksonville, you know, being decent. But uh, if they get blown out, I'll probably like, yeah, yeah, I think Ken Palm probably had it right. So, yeah, so very interesting. Um, let's talk about the players before we get into the diamond head. Um Darius McGee obviously leading the way at 19.5 points per game. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. Um, Keegan McDowell, 10.9, has just been a, a godsend for this team. I mean, where would Liberty be without the way Keegan's played or, you know, so far this year? Um, and then you take a look over at the, if, if you're watching this, the Ken Palm offensive rating. The guy number one, now this is a very small sample. He He's only played in like, like 15% of the minutes or something like that. Uh, but, but leading the way in offensive rating is uh, Micah B. Uh, I've really been impressed with his last four games. So last four games is where he's played like 12 to 19 minutes each game. Before mm-hmm. that, he basically didn't play at all outside. I think he played like nine minutes in Manhattan, but he had a couple, he had a, he had a, a DNP. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on a B? Do you think a B has, has cracked this rotation? Do you, you guys think he can be a contributor to this team? I think so. He gives you some size where especially if, um, you know, Blake or Shiloh is going to – if they're going to get into some foul trouble, he can give you some size. And I think the, I think the fact that he is getting more minutes, more significant minutes, I mean, I think that kind of tells you that he's kind of rising up in Richie's pecking order. Jack, what's your thoughts on a, a B? Oh, man, I love to see him get good quality minutes because we kind of saw it last year in the first couple of games. I mean, I think against Purdue in the very first game of the year as a true freshman, he didn't even miss a shot. So he has that offensive ability to where he can just kind of take over. He's a good three-point shooter. Like you mentioned, he's a big presence too. Like, And also, like, I think the reason he's been playing, because a lot of Liberty fans are wondering on um, during last season, why he didn't get more minutes after the first um, portion of the year. And I, I always thought it was because of his defense wasn't quite there yet because the pack line system isn't something you just come in and, like, pick up immediately. Like, you, you got to learn that. And Coach McKay ain't going to play you if you if you aren't playing good defense. That's kind of, like, the number one criteria. So, But this year I've been really impressed with his defense. Like, he's out there moving. You can see him talking. Like, his defense has improved a lot. Um, and I think that's probably the main reason he's getting a lot more minutes. And then he has that offensive ability. And I mean, the offensive rating is there. And I hope he continues to get more minutes because I think he's like a 20 plus point performance waiting to happen each night. So 
he has that ability. So it's been good to see him play. Sorry, I probably should have explained a little bit more the Ken, Ken Palm offensive rating to those who, who might not be super familiar with it. Basically, long story short, I won't I won't get into the PhD like uh, like uh, Will accused me of before. Um, <laughs> uh, but basically, it's just how efficient a player is when they're on the floor offensively, uh, calculating in their uh, um, the, the the percentage of shots, um, you know, three pointers versus two pointers. You know, what what percentage are shooting turnovers? Um, it factors in a lot of different things, but it gives you a pretty good idea of how effective guys on the court a 100 is average uh anything above 110 is good anything when you start getting up into like that 130 like you see keegan at um and above that is really really good that is uh um uh, that is uh uh you know towards uh probably the the top in the country um in fact keegan mcdowell's offensive rating uh, because he qualifies, B doesn't. Is actually 64th best in the entire country of anyone. So um, that kind of shows just just how good he's been. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I like B. B's just such a great example of of the culture that Liberty <clears throat> has has built with Richie. Guy comes in, has a couple incredible games, turns a lot of heads, kind of gets buried on the bench. Um, I thought there was a good chance he'd transfer this off season. I mean, you know, who wouldn't have wanted that guy on their team and said, Hey, I can find you more minutes. There's tons of teams across the country. I've been like, I guy scored 20 points against, it was it Purdue. I mean, who's, who's yeah. what was number one in the country this year. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, we'll, we'll give him a shot. Um, Hey, we'll give you more playing time, but you know, he stuck it out and he's waited his time. And um, I think Liberty just is, is so much better on the offensive end when he's on the floor. I suppose he can, he can help space the floor. And if you see Darius's, offensive rating it's actually below 100 right now now again we're early in the year Darius is going to get that up um and a lot of it's just because he's had to shoot he's someone has to shoot the ball right yeah um, he he was he had a rough time of shooting coming right out of the gate and he's picking that up yeah and he's he's had some tor- some turnovers that really you can't fault him too much for just because he's had to kind of force the issue but I think a guy like a B on the floor can really help help Darius by by spacing the floor and and and, and kind of giving um, um, Darius some some more um, uh, space to work. But yeah, I, I'm not worried about Darius. I think he's going to get that up. Um, I, I don't think he's going to maybe um, you know get that offensive rating up to where he had it last year. Last year was 114.6. Year before it was 110. Might have a hard time getting it back up that high just because he is going to have to shoot more. Um, and, and the more you shoot, the, the harder it is to kind of keep that number up. But, uh, but yeah, I, I the other guy on there that kind of sticks out is uh, Ben Zant. Um, pretty high offensive rating. He can really play defense. Man, he is super talented. Um, struggling so far with the three ball. I, I know they're high on him. I know they, they, they believe that he can – he can knock those shots. If, if 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 Richie McKay doesn't believe you can knock down threes, he's not going to let you shoot threes, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he, he must have some faith in him. So I don't know. Any other thoughts, guys, on um on kind of the overall the, the players, points per game, offensive ratings? Oh, Vin Vin Zant. I, I'll. It's there that three point shot. I mean that form looks really good. Um, I'm just waiting for him to get a couple down. And like you said, he's locked down on defense. Um, and then his athleticism is off the charts too. I think 
if he can get become a consistent player on offense, I think he's going to be our best player next year once Darius leaves. That's my bold prediction. Um, but it's, Love it. it's really, it's really uh, nice to watch him play. I mean, he's locked down on defense. He, he's intense. Like, I'm pretty sure he could lock up pretty much any card in the nation. And, yeah, that, that shot is there. It looks good. It just – he hasn't hit, like, consistent yet, but I think it's coming. Be nice to see him just kind of have one of those, like, breakout games, like, where he hits three threes. Like, like Rode yeah. did against, you know, East Carolina. He was struggling with the shot, and you saw him bang three in a row, and you're like, okay, yeah, this guy can still shoot. Like, yeah, he didn't forget how to shoot, you know. It, it, it. Players, you know, these are, these are 18 to 20-year-olds. They are going to be inconsistent. All right, let's go to the diamond head. Uh, let's look at this. So Liberty's first round game is against Northern Iowa. Uh, Liberty is uh, now a underdog in this game. They're a one-point underdog according to Ken Palm. They've been favorites all year, uh, but Northern Iowa has been soaring in the rankings. Uh, Northern Iowa yesterday uh, won at Marshall by 15 points. A really, really impressive win. Um, they're up to 114 in Ken Palm right now. Um, if Liberty wins that, they would play the winner of Wyoming and Stanford. Um, and then here's kind of where everyone stands, uh, in the tournament in terms of their, their net ranking in, uh, Ken Palm. Um, so we'll run through the net. And if you're watching, you look at the Ken Palm, Wyoming is actually 18th. That could be a potential second round opponent. Don't think Wyoming's going to stay at 18th. Uh, they're 110th in Ken Palm. So I think they're going to come back down to earth. Uh, but obviously, you know, when you're 18th, like you got a long way to go down before you're, you know, still a, a quality opponent. BYU at 25, that's the big one. Vanderbilt uh, has cracked the top 198. Stanford at 133. Northern Iowa's 166 in net. Uh, Hawaii 216 in South Florida 262. And then how this works on a neutral floor is um, any of the teams that are one through 50s, quad one. So Wyoming. BYU, we're currently quad one. Neutral, uh, it's, uh, um, I'm sorry, quad two. Neutral, it's 51 to 100 is quad two. So if Bandy fits that, Stanford and Northern Iowa would be quad three. And then um, um, Hawaii and South Florida would be quad four. So long story short on this, the first game is huge for Liberty. Because if you look here at the bracket, uh, a win pretty much would guarantee barring a crazy upset on the other side of the bracket that Liberty would avoid playing South Florida and Hawaii, which would be the goal because their quad four game, they're not going to benefit you. Even if you win that Liberty wants to get as many of these quad two quad quad one, even quad three games as they can. So if you win that, you're going to play Wyoming or Stanford. Wyoming would be really good. Even if you lose that, you're going to play the loser. We assume of BYU and Vanderbilt, which is going to be another quality game. So winning this first game is really, really huge for Liberty. Um, I'll shut up. What are your guys' overall thoughts on the, on the Diamond Head? Uh, just some good teams. I'm just kind of going through UNI's schedule, and uh, it's like their losses are really bad losses, and their wins are really good. <laughs> They've been very inconsistent, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they beat number 16, St. Bonaventure. That's uh, right, by, yeah. By 10, at St. Bonaventure. Yeah. Um. Lost at home to Nickel State, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But one at St. Bonaventure and at Marshall. Yeah, yeah, kind of crazy season for them. I it's kind of it almost seems like a coin flip. Zach, what's your 
your thoughts on this tournament? Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a really fun tournament. When I saw we were going to play in this, I got pretty excited. I mean, when you see teams like BYU and Stanford in there, like it's a pretty big opportunity for a school like Liberty. Um, but NIU, like that that's a big game because I mean that's a very or you and I should say, um, that's a very respectable um, mid major. I mean, they've been in the tournament multiple times in the last decade, won some games in the tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, they've always been a good mid-major um, in the Mount uh, MVC, I think. Um, so I, I think uh, that'll be a really tough. And like you said, this is the first game we're not going to be favorites in. So uh, that's going to be tough. And then, but if we get by that, you made a good point. It probably will eliminate us playing South Florida or Hawaii, which will be huge. Because even if we do lose a game or two, like we can at least lose to like, some respectable opponents. And then obviously you have the opportunity to beat off like a Wyoming, Stanford, or a potentially even a BYU or Vanderbilt. So it's a, it's a tournament with like high reward and low risk in a sense. Yeah. You don't want to play Hawaii on a neutral floor in Hawaii, you know, like that's, it's a, that's a lose, lose uh, uh, for you. But yeah, I mean, the really cool thing is so, all the games that are on Saturday, which is the, the final round, uh, they're the only college basketball games going on uh, nice. that day. Uh, on Christmas Day, uh, uh, the championship's on ESPN2, so that would be just obviously incredible. But even the uh, the third-place game is on ESPN2. Um, so either way, if Liberty could get to – you know, if Liberty can – Liberty, if they win the, the first one, yeah, they're guaranteed to at least play in the third-place game. So – you win the first game, you're going to get an ESPN two game on Christmas day. So that's kind of how big it could, you know, kind of swing. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for this. This is such a fun tournament. Um, so cool that, that Liberty's kind of, um, risen to the point where, where they can get invited with tournament like this, because there, there isn't really other than Hawaii, there isn't a mid major South Florida is not technically a mid major. Um, because they play in the, uh, the American, even though they're not very good, um, they're still, a. um, you know, from, from one of the bigger conferences. So this is just super fun. This, this tournament, honestly, you know, obviously it's going to come down at the end of the year to the A Sun tournament, but this tournament could be the difference of being a 13 seed or a 15 seed, or even a 16 Absolutely. seed. So, um, yeah, these games are, these games are huge. You guys, any other thoughts on, on the diamond head? Just looking at these, uh, the Kim Palm rankings and, and the net rankings too, but just the, uh, it's pretty cool. It's it's cool to see some of these teams that we've never played before. Too, I mean, we've played Vanderbilt um, and beat Vanderbilt, but uh, you know, outside of that UCLA game a couple of years ago, we don't really get to see some of these like West Coast teams a lot. It's kind of neat to just have a different look to to some of these games. Game against BYU would be so fun. Yeah. Oh man, on Christmas oh, yeah. Day. Oh. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this will be a really fun tournament. And the first game is on ESPNU. I think it's four o'clock on on Wednesday. So just it's it's just cool to see Liberty playing. You know, on on national TV, feels like multiple times a year. Like, yeah, you know, that's just that's wild to me. And it's not like one of these like, oh yeah, we're doing our Big South game of the week like on ESPNU, like buried. You know, like no, these are like legit. You know, games that they're putting on there because you know they're their game they could put them on espn three or plus or whatever else but 
Yeah, it's exciting. No more of the days when we were just on, uh, uh, was it Masson? If the Orioles or the Nationals weren't playing a game, we might get a game. Masson, yeah. Good times, good times. All right, well, that is uh, pretty much everything. Um, Obviously, we're super excited about this tournament. Uh, At some point after this tournament's over, um, we'll try to do a show and kind of preview um, uh, the uh, the A Sun season uh, when Liberty comes back home. They play. It says Boyce is the the New Year's Eve game. Oh yeah, we'll see if they actually play them and uh, whatever. Game of and the then, century. And then um, A Sun play kicks off January fourth. So we'll try to do a show, you know, in between that, um, talking about the Diamond Head, and then. Uh, um, um, previewing the A-Sun season. A-Sun season is going to be really fun this year because it was looking at the schedule. You know, now, now there could be, you know, obviously some COVID issues and whatnot, so we don't want to jinx anything. But uh, um, there's not four days without a game. So, like, you know, like last year we had, you know, like Friday, Saturday, we had to wait a whole week before they played again. Like, uh, they don't have a four-day stretch where they don't play. So it's like, it, it's, it, they're really into it once they get going. So that'll be fun. And, and the A-Sun season will, I think, probably go really quick. And, um uh, should be a lot of fun to cover, but uh, uh, Zach, thanks so much for coming on, man. We we really appreciate it. It was nice nice having you here and your your perspective. Well, definitely, we'd love to have you on again at some point. Oh, definitely. Thank you all for having me on. Always down to talk Flames basketball, so be happy to come on anytime. Absolutely, yeah. Really excited about the rest of the season. So uh, we'll keep we'll keep you updated and uh, keep keep yapping about the Flames. So. Uh, thanks to everyone for watching. Um, if you haven't, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, we're under the Liberty Classic Games. That's where we put all these on. And then we're on uh, on Apple, Spotify. And I think we're also on Google Podcasts now as well. So uh, thanks again, everyone, for joining us. Um, as always, go Flames. Go Flames.